welcome to the Heavy Boots Podcast. This is Jenny Camille, and we're going to be doing something a little different today. We're going to be talking about the lighter side of life. I call it lightweights. Let's get into it. So you're probably wondering why I call it lightweights. Well, about three years ago, I was writing a poetry book, and it was called Heavy Boots, because a lot of my poetry is dark and brooding and deals with all the feelings, and I was going through my poetry that I'd written through many years, and I had enough to make a supplemental book called Lightweights. And the reason I called it that is because I think that the light is still heavy in a good way. (laughs) It balances out. So I was thinking of it as a play on words. I was also thinking of someone who's like a lightweight, like if you go out drinking or what have you, um, someone who, you know, can't have a lot before they're in that magic state. (laughs) So I was basically thinking of that because for people that feel a lot, they feel everything. So like the joy is just as big and like the magic is just as big as any of the heavy things, you know? Sorry about that. I don't know if you could hear that there was a phone ringing. That was my mama. I had to stop and talk to her. But anyways, um, the the magic and the joy and the light and, you know, all of it to me is heavy in a good way. And so that's why I call it lightweights. And it just... Um, It just seemed like something to do to make a supplemental book. Hopefully one day I'll get it published. But so, you know, if somebody's having a bad day and they don't want to read more bad stuff or, (laughs) and again, it's not bad. It's just um, heavy and dark and what have you. But um, if they want to read more, you know, lighthearted and uplifting type of poetry, I had a bunch of it. So... And it was kind of surprising to me that I had enough to make a supplemental book because, like I said, I always define myself as so dark and brooding and, you know, um, I was just happy that there was enough content to make that. And so I have it and someday, you never know. Um, But what's crazy is that I've put together that compilation of everything and I feel like I've written, gosh, I write poetry like every week maybe two or three poems. Sometimes on a on a crazy week, I'll write like 10, 15 poems. And I just feel like most of the stuff lately, probably influenced by good music too, um, and just different imagery, is the best poetry I've ever written. Um, much more, I don't know, mysterious. And so it's not always from my point of view either. And... I don't know. It's it's really good stuff. But anyways, this podcast, I wanted to do something lighter um, just to get us out of that feeling, you know, of the dark, heavy stuff, um, which, again, I'm not saying it's bad because it's part of our life. And I think we got to have it, you know, like I think it's good to have both. And so that's why I wanted to do these little just one offs of kind of just everything, just talking about all kinds of things. And so, um, what I always think about in life is like, I I have a lot 
of symbolism with light. So like to me, people in my life that, you know, are a source of light and positivity and support and all that, I think of them as lanterns. Like when you're, you know, going down your path of life and you can't see who's there to help you see and they shine the light on your path and keep you going, keep you moving, maybe show you, hey, maybe try this way, <laughs> you know, go to the right instead. So to me, people are like lanterns. And then I was thinking about it today and I was like, the things I wanted to talk about were the things that are just like sources of light in my life. But that's just so, you know, outplayed, overused sources of light. So I came up with um, lighthouses. So to me, we go through life and sometimes there's dark periods or, you know, there's just hard times or what have you. And um, we just need to see how to keep going, you know. And sometimes it's just like a, a little light out in the distance, just something to keep us going. To me, it's not um, as prominent, you know, as a person who's a lantern bearer, a lantern holder for you. It's not as... Um, what am I trying to say? It's not as, ah, my words today, not as important as a person in your life. It's, it's something that's more trivial. Um, if it wasn't there, you might not miss it, but it's just always, you know, there when you need it. Um, and it, and to me, these are like hobbies and arts and and basically just any pastime, anything that just keeps you um, going with the flow of life, keeps you uplifted, something you turn to when you don't have the lantern bearers in your life or when you know when you're alone. Um, and so to me, this is like music and television shows and movies and um, you know, different art, uh, arts and crafts, <laughs> um, and then like sports for some people and gardening or uh, woodworking, making stuff. Um, there's just so many different things, you know, musicians, um, any of that music, you know, making music, writing poetry, those kinds of things. There's so many that we have in our lives and we kind of take them for granted or just don't even think about them because we just turn to them so often. And so, I don't know. I just thought I'd talk a little bit about that kind of stuff. The stuff that gets me happy and excited. And um, this podcast is late because yesterday I was really excited to get Taylor Swift tickets. And I was on the line all day long, all the day. <laughs> and so I didn't record my podcast I was procrastinating, yes, and I um, just sat there. They moved it from 10 to 3, and then I just sat there. It was just crazy, and then I got in, and then I couldn't get tickets, so it was really, really frustrating. Huge place, um, you know, huge ball fields that they're doing these concerts in, and the tickets were astronomical to begin with gonna do it because I love her and my mom loves her even more than I do and I was just really 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 frustrated and bummed 
at the way it went down. And I, you know, looked it up online and it wasn't just me. It was many people having the same problem. And so I was just like, okay, we're not meant to go. What, whatever, you know, it was a bummer. Cause it's like my mom and I have really bonded over, um, her music and, I was, I was going to make a trip to go and do that. And so Taylor Swift's music is one of those lighthouses for me. Like it, there's always a song you can find that'll either, you know, get you crying, (laughs) get you feeling, um, pump you up, get you mad. Uh, I just love her lyrics are so beautiful and they're definitely, influencing a lot of my imagery and my poetry lately and I'm trying to come up with different ways to to say things and so she is a huge inspiration and I know she is for so many people so uh, I'm kind of uh, preaching to the choir but she's quite a talented person I just wish on the ticket side and her store side of things it was a little bit smoother but what are you gonna do uh She's huge, and there's so many people that <laughs> want to, you know, go see her and buy her products. So, anyways, um, but when it comes to music, to me, uh, the, the, what am I trying to say? The telling of a story is like the biggest thing. And I think I get that from my dad and his influence um, when I was a kid, and also my mom, too. My mom. She loves lyrics, you know, it's all about the lyrics. And so my dad, he is a huge Bob Dylan fan, like always Sunday morning, Bob Dylan on as loud as possible, dancing in the living room. And, um, yeah. And so the lyrics, like the way that that man can paint a picture is just so beautiful. It's just poetry to, you know, to music. And so I fell in love with that quite early. Some of my earlier stuff is not as good, (laughs) but I was always writing in my room. It was just a place to go. It was like, you know, you could create anything and it was really neat. And so I love, um, lyrical poetry. And so, man, I was thinking about all the people that I've loved as in music, you know? Um, and it's just funny because you get influenced by your parents. So, the 80s. I was so lucky. I got to sit and watch MTV when I was a little kid. (laughs) Like my mom always feels bad when I tell the story, but it was so awesome because I got such a love for music, uh, for artistry, for, I don't know, cinema, all of the stuff that goes into a music video. It was insane. It was so neat. It was cutting edge back then. And it was just I was there for it and I was so young. I was like, I don't know, four, five, six. And White Wedding is the one that always stands out to me because it was like the first first one where I was like, oh my gosh, why am I allowed to watch this? I was like, oh no. But I love Billy Idol and White Wedding, great video. Uh, Like Virgin Madonna, you know, all her videos, Holiday, Borderline, um... I really love her Dear Jesse video. I watched it recently and it doesn't quite hold up, but I don't care. It still is so magical. Uh, Dear Jesse is one of those like 
I don't know. One of those songs that never, I don't think it made it on the radio. And it's just, if you don't know Dear Jesse by Madonna, it's so pretty. And it's, it reminds me of Peter Pan and like just magic, you know, just the innocence of a child and magic. And that's like my favorite things. Like some of my favorite things <laughs> have to do with like Peter Pan and uh, Tinkerbell and fairies and like fireflies and like, I don't know, just um, believing in things that there's no proof for, you know? That's why I should be more religious, but for some reason that one, <laughs> I don't know, but it's all right. Um, yeah, because I believe in magic. I really do. I just love that. Like, just to never take that from someone, I guess, is where where I get to is like, I just want to believe it. So then it's never like a thought in my mind to ever, you know, give away that secret to anybody. Because... <laughs> What's the point of no magic? I mean, come on. It's, I love Disneyland. Oh my gosh. I turn into a four-year-old at Disneyland. I love it so much. It's just so awesome. Um, but back to music. Music. I mean, John Cougar Mellencamp, Pat Benatar, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Oh my God. He was on the Today or the Tonight Show with uh, Jimmy Fallon just recently and he looks amazing. I didn't even know he was 73 years old. And he looks gorgeous, as always. And he was singing a gospel song. It was so pretty and so amazing. And just, I'm just in love with him again. I never stop loving him. It's just you forget about things, you know, if they're not in your orbit. Um, but Dave, Dave Matthews... Uh, I mean, come on. I have so many on my list. Uh, Debbie Gibson was my first concert. Um, technically, my first sit-down concert. I went and saw Belinda Carlisle at the fair with my Aunt Kathy. She had me up on her shoulders so I could see better. And all I remember is the smell of pot. And <laughs> it was um, it was so fun, though. Like, I, I don't remember... If I knew the songs or what have you, but I bet I did because, like I said, I watched MTV when I was a little kid, but um, it was wild. And then Debbie Gibson, I went with my dad to, I think it was the Greek theater, and it was so amazing because we got the seats, like actual seats to sit, and it was my first concert, and that was, she was so amazing playing the piano. Um, but man, I just love everybody, you know, like Michael Jackson, Tom Petty, Prince, Cindy Lauper, Joni Mitchell. I mean, there's so many. And then right now, my favorite, you know, is Taylor, of course, but Sarah Bareilles, Ingrid Michaelson, uh, Jason Mraz, Jason Mraz, um, his concert. When I go to his concerts, and I've been to like four, I was, I think, four or five. I, I'm in love with his concerts. It's like the. Like, what I feel that people going to church, you know, and getting the out-of-body church gospel experience, that is what I feel. Like, I feel, like, renewed when I leave his concert. Like, the ideas in his lyrics and the, the joy. Um, yeah. So those are, like, my musical lighthouses, uh, for sure. <laughs> and then I have some major lighthouses when it comes to television, like... There are some days where it's just too much, like, I don't know, 
I just, because I'm big on silence. I think silence is important. And so, like, there are times where there's no music on, no TV on. And, you know, just think, you know, think your own thoughts. And I do think that's really, really good for you because uh, when we run away from those thoughts in our head, it's, it's nothing good can come of that. Like, so I think it's good to sit in silence and I'm, I wish I could meditate. I haven't been doing that, but meditation is the best. But, um, there's some days where it's just like, I need something on the TV while I'm doing the dishes or whatever, just to have like noise. I just, I don't like want to hear my thoughts anymore, you know? And that's okay too, I think. I think there's a balance. You figure out, you know, a daily balance. But so I love to put on the Big Bang Theory. And I kind of wore it out during COVID. Um, I watched it up and down and back and forth so many times. I finally saw the finale. It's beautiful. And um, yeah, it's just so funny. It's just such a funny show. And it's... um, there's a lot of sexual innuendos in there. So for kiddos, there's a lot that goes over their head. Um, there, there's a lot more talk of that than I expect, like, than I realized or expected, to be honest. But it's really funny and well done. And um, if I was going to say my all-time favorite show, it's called New Girl. And it used to be Friends. I love Friends. I've worn that out. Um yeah, I won't bore anybody with friends because I know people get sick of friends, but it's so good. But New Girl to me is like Friends, um, you know, 2.0. It is just so quick-witted, so fast-moving. Um, a lot of people don't like it because of that, but the the reason I love it is you can watch it over and over and over and over again, and you never you never see everything. Like there's so many things I pick up on now that I'm like, Oh my goodness, that is insane. Like I just absolutely adore that show. Um, the, my all time favorite character of any, anybody, (laughs) like my favorite all time character in any movie show book, anything is Nick Miller. He's played by Jake Johnson and I, just adore him. So, um, yeah, I, I don't want to tell any of his little, little, um, you know, signature expressions because if you haven't watched New Girl, I really, really highly recommend it. It is so funny and it is so fresh and new and different. It's just, I love it. I absolutely adore it. The very first episode to me is like a mini movie. It is so well done. Yeah, it gets a little kooky like any show, like the seventh season, I think, or the sixth, the very last season was a little bit crazy. Like any show, it's like, it it gets a little bit tiresome, <laughs> but seasons one through six, one through five are amazing. So, um, yeah, and then Psych, if you like murder mysteries, but don't like the gruesomeness, um, Psych. So I used to watch Murder, She Wrote because I loved, I love trying to figure out who done it, you know, and um, Psych has James Roday Gonzalez, I think it is. He, ch- he changed his name for his full heritage. And so um, I want to be proper with that. Um, but he 
is the, the funniest man ever. In the very first few episodes, I always think of my brother, because um, my brother is hilarious. And and I'm sorry, I was butchering his name. His name is James Rode Rodriguez. So I apologize. That was kind of wrong of me. But he is so amazing. <laughs> he is so funny. And it is murder mystery. Basically, the premise is is he his dad was a police officer and um, taught him how to look at the world as if it was a crime scene. So, like, from a very young age, he was looking and kind of profiling everything in the room and everybody, and he got so good at it that it seemed like he was psychic. Like, he could, um, you know, tell you how many hats were in the room just by looking once when he walked in. And so... It is so funny because then he pretends to be psychic, but he's just really skilled because his dad taught him everything he knew. And so um, I'm not giving too much away. That happened. <laughs> you figure that out in the first episode, but it is so funny and it is so like that murder she wrote thing where it's not, there's no gore or anything scary or anything. It's just funny. So funny. And they even had. Um, What's his name? From The Princess Bride. I always forget his name. K- Carrie Elves. Oh my gosh. He was in there recurring a few times. And he... He's so funny. So, they have a lot of cameos. A lot of great people. And Dool Hill, or Dule, Dule Hill. He is in there. He's from The Cosby Show. But he's also from The West Wing. And those are those two are together. Oh my gosh. And it's just so good. So... That one is a huge source of laughter and light. And The Office, I mean The Office, I can't, I don't even know where to start with that one. That one just is the gift that keeps on giving. It is so funny and it is so well done. And just every episode from the start to the end, I love them all. Like, but I get sad. Like, it's so weird after... Um, Jim and Pam get together. Like, I keep rewinding back to the beginning. Because it's such a cool thing. Like, their will they, won't they is the best I've ever seen. Like, it's like Ross and Rachel or Diane and... uh, What's his name? Oh, my gosh. Sam. (laughs) Diane and Sam on Cheers. So, anyways. The Office. I mean, I don't think I need to tell anybody how amazing that show is. So... Um, when it comes to movies, I haven't been watching a lot lately and I've been really bummed. Like I don't keep up on stuff like the trailers. I'll, I'll watch trailers. I love a trailer. I don't know if you guys are into that, but I love a movie trailer, especially when it doesn't give the whole freaking plot away. <laughs> Cause sometimes they like show you the whole movie and you're like, hello, do you want me to go to the movie and see this? Do you want me just to watch the trailer? So I have, I think there's a movie called Not Okay, and that is like the most recent movie, I think that's the most, I don't know, I've watched a few movies, if they're on the line, you know, on the Roku or whatever, but Zoe Deutsch, 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 she's in um, Not Okay, she's in a bunch of things, she's in Set It Up on Netflix, Not Okay I think is on Hulu, I want to say. Don't quote me. 
but she is the daughter of Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson is from Caroline in the City, but she was also the mom in Back to the Future. And Zoe Deutsch is her daughter. And um, I had no idea for the longest time. And oh my goodness, this girl, she, to me, she's my favorite up and coming like actress. Like I feel the same about her that I did Brittany Murphy. Uh, rest in peace, sweet girl. I miss that girl. Oh my gosh, Brittany Murphy. It's that same kind of um, just really angelic, I don't know, not, I guess Zoe Deutsch isn't like angelic, but she just like is very fluid. She just, it doesn't even seem like she's acting, you know, she's just so good and like, and not okay. She's acting. Oh my gosh. Her butt off. <laughs> she is amazing. So that's somebody to look for, but my standbys for, oh, I forgot to mention a show. I'm sorry. Have to mention it. Fresh off the boat. Fresh off the boat. Randall Park, I think his name is, and I always forget the other gal's name. Oh my gosh, I'm so bad at this. But fresh off the boat, oh my goodness, you guys. I think it's more witty than any of the shows I've talked about. I just think it's so well done, and it's very eye-opening, like the culture and... um Oh, Constance Wu. So Randall Park, Constance Wu. And then I love Chelsea Crisp. She was in uh, New Girl for a couple episodes. But it is just such a really hilarious, <laughs> eye-opening, beautiful show. So I was really sad when that one ended. But um, okay, sorry. So back to favorite movies. My all-time favorite, like... I don't know, romantic comedy, which I haven't really watched in a while, but I need to, is Sliding Doors. I don't know if you've ever seen it with Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh my goodness, it's what if. So it's like, if she hadn't caught the train, what would have happened, you know? And it's just, I love those kinds of what if movies, and it kind of shows both sides, and it is so good. Um, my all-time favorite standby movie that, like, if life is just crumbling, which hasn't happened in a long time, so <laughs> I haven't watched it in a while, but uh, Adventures in Babysitting. Oh my gosh, Adventures in Babysitting to me and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Those two movies are so smart, so funny, so 80s, and I just love everything about them, everything. Like Sue Ellen in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Christina Applegate, which, oh my gosh, she's amazing. And then Elizabeth Shue, Adventures in Babysitting. But, like, the kids in that movie are so funny, and I just adore it. So, those are, like, my staples. Like, my lighthouses. When everything is crumbling, or <laughs> sometimes it's not even if it's crumbling. It's just, like, I just need to go somewhere else for a minute. That's, like, my thing. Those are my things. Like... Um, if I need some drama in my life, I will go to A Million Little Things. So A Million Little Things, James Rodé Rodriguez, he's in that as well. And he's playing very dramatic. So if you've seen him on Psych, you kind of don't even realize you're watching him on A Million Little Things because he's totally different. But 
Um, yes, I watched a million little things because of him. So see, that's the thing is like, you start to gain a rapport with these people and you follow them to their shows, you know, or their different projects. And I just, I've watched everything Zoe Deutsch has been in now. I've, I'm caught up. <laughs> um, and I love like Jennifer Aniston movies, watched all those. Uh, Johnny Depp, I know it's controversial, but love all those. So there's just like these people that they just are so good that they take you somewhere else. And I don't know, I just really appreciate it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's just so great. It's just a different transportation into another place, another land, another time. And there's so many I've missed. I know that <laughs> there's there's a lot of television and movies and such. There's so many, but I just wanted to kind of talk about this idea of lighthouses and like, you know, when the world gets to be too loud or too dark or you just need a break, like what, what pulls you, you know, into some calmness, you know? And I always think of a lighthouse and how it's just there so you could see it and it brings you back to the shore uh, when you kind of flail about in the water. So, um, yeah, so those are my little lighthouses. Oh, I forgot to mention Imagine Dragons and the Killers. Oh my gosh. Again, lyrics, people. <laughs> These bands and their lyrics, oh my goodness. And I just, um, you know, I just love them. And then Miranda Lambert, too, her lyrics, so great. Oh, and John Mayer, yeah. So those are my lighthouses, so like you know, on any given day, that'll be on somewhere, some of that. Um, like I said, New Girl is a big one uh, for me, and Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory is like what Friends was, is I would just have that on in the background all the time, you know, um, to go to sleep or what have you, because I knew all of the premise. I knew where it was starting and ending, and I didn't have to think about it, and so... You know, you could have it in the background and it wouldn't matter if you missed anything because you've seen it a million times. So that's kind of where Big Bang has gotten for me, Big Bang Theory. Um, but yeah, all right. See, I love the visual arts. I love it. I absolutely adore it. Like, I think, like I said, when I was young and I got to watch all the music videos that I wanted, it was like, it just struck something in me and I just love everything visual like everything I just love it so like movies and um live entertainment like plays or um like a melodrama they're so addictive too because they're just such good performers and they do it day in and day out and kind of take uh, for granted that, like, in every city, really, you can find some amazing performers that, you know, would mirror anybody in, in Hollywood. <laughs> There's some that are just, and especially those who do it day in and day out and have the same energy. It just, I just am, like, so in awe because I think that, like, I don't, <laughs> it's going to sound presumptuous of me, but, like, I, I, one, I had stage fright. So like, I always wanted to be a singer, you know? And so 
sometimes I get, you know, mad at myself. Why didn't you do it? And whatever. And then I remind myself that it was really scary for me. Like it wasn't fun up there. You know, I had more fun, like in my room singing than I did up there on stage, you know? And so that was one of, one of the things. But then the other thing is that I don't know how these people sing the same songs over and over and over again. Like, I can understand why Pat Benatar is like, I'm not singing this again. <laughs> like, I heard at one of her concerts, she's like, you guys sing, because I don't want to sing, you know, Love is a Battlefield one more time, or whatever. And I completely understand that. Like, I, my attention span for things, that's why I think I, I love Taylor Swift so much, because she doesn't give us a lot of time in between stuff. <laughs> like, we get a lot of content from her, and so... It's like when I get bored of something, well, here's the new thing. And it's like, okay, cool. And um, and I think it's also because I'm obsessive. Like when something comes out, like her new album right now, that's like all that's been on, you know. And I've been purposely trying not to learn all the words because I, I know that as soon as I know all the words, I'm going to sing it for a couple go-rounds, you know, a couple times listening to that album and I'm going to be like, oh, man, I'm bored of this. And I don't want to be bored of it. It's, like, so good. I, I think it'll take longer than most of the stuff. Like, yeah, like her Evermore CD, that took forever. I'm still not bored of that. I just love Evermore. That was one of my favorites. But um, these artists, you know, that have to sing the same song all the time, I don't know how they do it. I mean, I, I don't know if it's because they love... I'm guessing it's because they love the energy being on stage, and so that takes place of any boredom because it's different every night with different people, you know? And I know they can change it up, zazz it up, but I don't know. Something to think about. But when I was thinking about this podcast, I just wanted to... I didn't want to just sit and tell you all the things I like, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, It's just, you know to have you guys think about your lighthouses like what brings you joy you know in your life because there's a lot of light um that we just kind of take for granted because it's you know I don't I don't know if this is true for anyone else but like when things are good it I'm always waiting for the shoe to drop and I think that's probably part of my problem (laughs) in life is like you know just reveling in the goodness like and remembering like, wow, wow, how blessed, you know, like to have these things. And like, you know, like we have everything at our fingertips. Like, I'm also grateful that I was born in the 80s. So I know what it's like not to have everything at your fingertips. And so I do appreciate it. But I think sometimes you just, you know, you go on with the day, and you lose sight of it, you know. So one of the things I was trying to do to keep light in my life, to keep things lit, <laughs> that sounds funny though, but you know, to keep things um, illuminated is to be really intentional with the things that I do. So like, even like buttering my bread this morning, I was like, I'm buttering this piece of bread and like, I have bread and I have butter, you know what I mean? So like, to just take stock of what you are doing, but also like what is furnished you know, for you, like, wow, it's really awesome that I have bread and butter, like, some people don't, you know, and 
Yeah, so I've been trying to do that a lot because it gives an extra layer of like, I don't know, just like, wow. <laughs> just like, wow. It's just, um, that's the thing is like a lot of the dark and brooding stuff and the, you know, the heavy boot stuff, um, you know, drowns out all the amazing stuff. Like I, like I have a gift that's hanging from the ceiling and it's like this little ball of light and it was such a treasured, um, gift for my birthday this year. And it has like the rainbow colors in little beads above it. And when the light comes through in the afternoon on that, it is so beautiful. And I mean, how nice is that, that that's something I get to look at every day. And so it's just those types of things. It's like, just because I like the darkness and, and I don't, I don't want to say I like the darkness. It's just a part of life. And so I like life and that's why I'm here. You know, like even when it's gotten so hard or what have you, it's like the light keeps pulling you back. Like, and that's why it's so cool because there's just so much to look for in the way of light, you know? It's like there's so many things that get shrouded in darkness that that we need to pull into the light. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm kind of rambling at this point, but there's just a lot like if you're if you're a feeling person and you write a dark poem, then people might think, oh, she's just, you know, always unhappy. Oh my goodness. And it's like, no, like I get so excited every morning. I get to wake up and hear the birds and, you know, the, we wake up super early. And so the sun's just creeping up and the way that the, the world smells, you know, like in the morning, it's like so fresh and so ready for another day. And then by the end of the day, the night comes and then there's a whole nother array of amazing things. The crickets and the frogs and the beautiful stars and the moon, man, when it's been full lately. And oh my gosh, it like lights up the whole freaking world. It is so pretty. And that's the thing is I take stock of all of it, all of it. The good, bad, the dark, the ugly, the light, the beauty, the joy. And I just wanted to, um, you know, talk about some of that. And I had written a poem. So I had had started thinking that I was going to do like, I don't know, poetry theater. No, (laughs) like write a poem and then, you know, do an episode around that. Well, I wrote a poem and... It was kind of dark, (laughs) kind of melancholy, I guess. Um, Not so dark, but like, I was like, well, this is supposed to be a fun podcast. I can't just talk about, you know, can't read this poem or whatever. And then I was like, you know what? For whatever reason, I thought I was chuckling when I was writing this poem. Like I was, it was kind of like a, what do you know, like a maniacal darkness or whatever not maniacal but just like there's lightness to this dark is what I mean so I was gonna read you this poem and then 
kind of talk about what I was thinking when I wrote this. So here we go. Are you ready? And then she disappeared, like all her golden years. Word they waited to hear, but she never filled the clear, never stepped over that hill again. Some thought of her that was the end. She took a different name, did nothing quite the same. In a different town she reclused. By silence she sat amused. She wrote a million books and weathered the occasional dirty looks that stared her way from afar, the trade-off being a night sky full of stars. She published bits and pieces of a life full of rips and creases, her pen name, inspired by Anne with an E, Cordelia Plumrose, became a name in circles literary. The brilliance from those pages would be relished for some ages. Many copies sold. Even in that town, she thought she'd grow old. But she fled for self-preservation. No one talks anymore about her possible destination. But they read about themselves believing those villains are somebody else. Pain and judgment make for good inspiration. Those stories were not fictional creations. Every line of truth she carried. Now in those truths, faces are buried. To read what happens next. Newspapers are filled with their best guess. She sits on a plot of land, about a hundred acres, she planted a garden, she built a life, and it's all hers. When she leaves this earthly place, she's instructed for it to become an open space. Let all the people who scowled inside, oh, and what a surprise they'll find. Portraits of a lady who had two names. They'll whisper and gasp. The faces all look the same. Glass boxes are filled with her first drafts, written by Cordelia Primrose by hand. A museum of artifacts. And in the last box sits the deed to this land. Miss Henrietta, the girl that never came back. The laughter from the beyond won't be heard, but they'll feel it. All those years she could have gotten their praise, but she didn't need it. Because they'll respect her now if they outlived her. At least on one thing, everyone can be sure. The greatest revenge is a life well lived. And live how she wanted? Oh, by golly, she did. So, as you can see, it was a very interesting poem that came to mind. I was thinking about recluses. And... It really got me thinking about people who have left, you know, the public. Uh, I know that uh, Joni Mitchell was one who bought land and went away uh, from the spotlight. And there's like others. There, Emily Dickinson, um, although I do believe that she was a recluse and then became famous. So that's interesting to think of someone, you know, making their greatest work without anybody else and then it becoming something. 
without them needing to promote it by face, you know. Um, uh, Bobby Fischer, the great chess player. Even Enya, the singer, she's a recluse. Michelangelo, J.D. Salinger. And it, it just, I just was thinking about it because there's been times where it was like very intriguing and a thought for me <laughs> to just, you know, I work in words and I do things where I don't need to come out of hiding and it would be so much easier. Um, and so I, I, I'm not going to do that. I do believe in the light and I do want to be out in the world. And, uh, I do believe that we, we, we can't stay in our box because if we do that, then we don't have any kind of bearings as to what's in the world. And we start believing that everything that we think is the be all end all. And I just don't think that's healthy. So I will not become a recluse, but I'm not going to say it doesn't sound good sometimes. <laughs> it's just um, very interesting to me. And in this little poetry, you know, exercise I did, I just, I wrote down the words and then she disappeared like all her golden years. And that's all that came out, you know? And so then I was like, well, she disappeared. And so it's really fun to like unravel the story and see where it takes you. Cause sometimes, yeah, of course you're molding it and you're creating it and you know exactly where you want it to go. But in this case, I had no idea where it was going and I just wrote it all out. And if, you know, any of you savvy people out there would have caught that it says in the third stance, it says Cordelia Plumrose became a name in circles literary. But then at the end, it says written by Cordelia Primrose. So I didn't even catch it when I was reading it or correct it. And that's because this I just wrote so fast and, and I didn't even like think about it. I was just like, oh, I want to read this on the podcast. It's something different. It's something fun, you know, but it is a little dark. It is. Um, but it's just something to think about, too. Like, how fun would it be to start over sometimes, you know, like um, and then how fun would it be to have people reading your book and they don't even know that the villain in the story is them like I, that kind of stuff just makes me chuckle because it's it's irony and it's um silent revenge because like to me I don't ever want to make anybody feel bad but if if they see themselves in the book you know that's that's not on me um but I thought it was also funny that they didn't even see themselves in her because they're not self-aware obviously but um, yeah, so I just wanted to share that. That was just a, a one-off little poem. I don't usually write, like, story poems like that, um, but I thought it was fun, so I thought I'd share. And, yeah, I don't know. I think recluseness I can understand, you know. I think during COVID, though, what happened for me was I expected to be so happy 
because I'm more of an introvert. I don't like to go out and do a lot of things. I do a lot more than I normally would because I have extrovert in my family. My best friend is my mom and she loves to do everything. So I do a lot more to be her buddy, you know, to be her partner. And I have so much fun. So like, it's not, not in vain. It's amazing. And, and I'm grateful for that. So that's where I see a lot of inspiration for the lightness and, and, you know, some sad stuff. It's the world. It's, it's both. Um, but if you don't go outside, you don't, you know, see anything new. You don't see any new perspectives. You just see that one color, you know, that's kind of interesting. You only see that one color, you know, that one facet in your own world. But when you want to paint, you know, a masterpiece, and to me, that's kind of like life, you have to have all the colors. And so um, you got to borrow that from people like, and that's like inspiration. And again, I just came up with that, <laughs> but it's true. It's like you borrow some color from other people and you make a beautiful masterpiece. So, yeah, this is a funny episode, just something lighthearted. I just wanted to, you know, uh, remind everyone there's both sides and that we're all faceted people, fluid people. We don't have just one set lane, um, you know, and there's been a couple poetry um, pieces that I've written lately that people are like, oh my goodness, are you okay? Or if you have so many questions, you should turn to God or what have you. And I appreciate everybody for, you know, worrying about me or feeling that they want to help in some way. It's so kind. Um, never, never going to disparage someone for reaching out. That is really kind. But also, like, not everything I write is autobiographical and not everything I write like some of the question type of poetry I do I don't really have or need answers you know what I mean it's just like um it's just like an exercise like I don't know to get some of it out of you you know like I always think of myself as a sponge so like when I go out into the world it gets really really full of water. And so when I come in back home, it takes me a few days to get dry again. And that that's like my introvert metaphor. But then I have another one where um, when I'm writing poetry or what have you, sometimes that's when I'm my most wet, like a sponge, you know, like I'm just sopping, <laughs> sopping, you know, and I just need to get out that those questions and all of that stuff so that I can then have the energy to go back out into life. And so there's many ways to um, to be able to go out and be a light person. <laughs> light, that sounds funny, but like to be able to hold the lantern for someone else and be light in the world, you kind of have to drain out some of your darkness you know what I mean and so that's just what poetry is for me is I drain all that out and then I'm able to move on and then I like I said it just the water the sad stuff in life it just gets my sponge all sopping wet again and it's just a cycle but 
these light bits are what keeps you going in life, you know? So, like, my mom and I, we always talk about islands. So, like, Taylor Swift would have been an island, which I don't know. I might still try and get tickets, what what have you. But, but islands, they're just things to look forward to. And so, like, um, it could be, like, the most random thing, you know, just, like, a day trip to go to a winery or, I don't know, stay overnight, you know, up up north in San Francisco or what have you. Um, I think one time we even went and stayed at this really pretty hotel, but it was like in the middle of a city. I can't even remember. It's like, it looked like a big white mansion and there really wasn't anything around there, but we just stayed there and it was so fun, you know, and like go to the bar and the mansion. And so anyways, just planning like little getaway things. Um, to do, you know, little islands and like Paul's birthday's coming up. So I'm trying to think of one, you know, I don't know if we can go away, but do something, um, to look forward to. So these little light bursts make it so that we can move through life, you know, the balance of light and dark. And I don't know. I hope you enjoyed this. It was kind of funny just telling all my favorite things, but that won't be what these are all about. Um, I was thinking maybe some music or, um, I don't know if anyone wants to hear me sing. I was gonna, I was actually gonna sing something at the end of this because of what I was talking about with, um, Peter Pan and magic and, uh, I don't know. I think I'm gonna sing you out. I'll sing, I'll sing us out, um. So I haven't sang like acapella in a long time, so bear with me, okay? But I'm going to sing a song called Godspeed, and it's by the Dixie Chicks, and it's just such a beautiful representation of magic and childhood and innocence, and I just love it. I always, when I couldn't be with my brother, um, you know, once you grow up, it kind of sucks, <laughs> and you can't be sleeping with your brother, like you know, saying goodnight to him or being near. I would always sing this, like, to the moon. And I don't know if he even knows that, but I would always sing this because it says, um, sleep, sweet dreams, little man. And so I'd always think of him and send this little lullaby off to him. So I'm going to try to sing it now and we'll see how it goes. And I thank you so much for listening and for having some fun and some light some laughs and I don't know melancholy a little bit with that poem but I don't know just something fun something different and I'll try to come up with more creative things we won't just talk about my favorite things don't worry <laughs> so all right have a great day and listen to this when you're going to sleep maybe if I do a good job <laughs> take care you guys stay you Dragon tails and the water is white Pirates sail and lost boys fly Fish by moonbeams every night And I love you Godspeed, little man Sweet dreams, little man 
Hold my love will fly to you each night on angels' wings. Godspeed, sweet dreams. The rocket racers all tuckered out. Superman's in pajamas on the couch. Good night, moon, we'll find the mouse. And I love you. Godspeed, little man. Sweet dreams, little man. Oh, my love will fly to you each night on angels' wings. Godspeed, sweet dreams. God bless mommy and matchbox cars. God bless dad and thanks for the stars. God hears amen wherever you are. And I love you. God speed, little man. Sweet dreams, little man. Oh, my love will fly to you each night on angels' wings. Godspeed. 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 Sweet dreams. This podcast was written and recorded by Jenny Camille. The song at the beginning and the end is called Reflected by a group called Sounds Like Sander. Thank you so much for letting me be kooky and letting me share my poetry and listening to my song. I really enjoyed it and I thank you for listening and just stay you. Just please. There's only one of you. We need you. Take care.